Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to On Point Podcast. This episode is going to be about boots, and uh, I'm actually more excited than I should be probably about this subject because it's kind of a dry subject, but if you listen to the gear episodes uh, I've done where my priorities lie, uh, boots are top above a bow, broadheads, arrows, pack, pretty much they're the most important part of my gear for, for hunting and rough terrain, long distances, backcountry, and... If, uh, if you don't have boots, you don't, you know, a good boot that doesn't tear up your feet, you're going to not hunt as hard as farther or as long as you want. So boots are like wheels on your truck. I mean, you have to have them. So uh, basically, we talked with Brandon from Baker Boots out of Eugene, Oregon. And uh, Brandon's been in the industry pretty much his whole life and does a great job breaking down how to select a boot, fit a boot, accessories that can go along with the boot, where socks come in, where uh, aftermarket soles come in, and uh, what my solution would be for my situation with my uh, Crispy Summits. And I can tell you, after the podcast went over and got the soles and the socks he was talking about, I've been wearing them for about uh, a week and a half now, and absolutely fantastic products that he, he offered. I mean, uh, I'm keeping my Crispy Summits they were killing my feet. They felt like somebody was hitting them with a hammer. And now I, I'm going to keep them, and I'm actually going to keep hunting in them. And uh, that just saved me a couple hundred bucks. The soles are like 55 bucks, and the socks are 20 So definitely a little spendy, but money well spent. Like I, throughout the day, am literally consciously thinking about how comfortable my feet are a few times. Like as I'm just walking around, it just pops in my head. I'm like, man, my feet don't hurt. So. Uh, super great product that he's offering there and a lot of really good perspectives. So appreciate him coming on the podcast. One quick announcement before we get going here is, uh, you know, with the review giveaway, I think we're like two away. So if you just want that giveaway to be done, go leave a review now. A lot of you guys already have. We're getting a couple reviews a day. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing by the end of the day today, we'll be at 100. And Brian from Day 6 is offering to send uh, the winner uh, a pack of his new broadheads, 100 grainers. And if you don't know about those broadheads, I did an episode with him about his new uh, about his new broadhead that he came out. And I'm really excited about these because if you've heard me say it before, these are ones that if I was going to have like a broadhead baby, this is what it would look like. And uh, it's a great design. I haven't had a chance to test it yet. He's also sending me a pack to test out. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a great broadhead, in my opinion. If it holds up and it shoots and, and, and it flies and does everything I expect it to, it's probably going to be one of my favorite broadheads on the market. So you guys are going to have that just about the same time I do or maybe even sooner. And uh, just really excited to be able to offer that to you guys. That's like a $75 value somewhere around there. And uh, Brian is totally hooking the On Point podcast up. So thanks, Brian, for doing that. And uh, looking forward to hearing some good testimonials, some reviews from you guys, whoever wins. Um, hopefully a picture of a dead animal or something. That would be awesome. So outside of that, we got the giveaway. Uh, that should be done. It won't be done this weekend because I'll be getting married. So um, I do have enough content to last throughout the week to where I can just focus on, on wedding stuff and uh, be able to make sure that you guys are still getting the information you want. So uh, I, it won't be this weekend, but it'll probably be the following week after that when I can announce who, who's the win, who the winner is. But first, we still have to hit 100. So leave your review. Let's just get that out of the way. And then uh, I should have those heads here soon and uh, be able to send those to whoever we pick. But uh, outside of that, guys, sorry for the long intro. Here's the episode. Brandon from Baker Boots. Okay. All right, man. Well, let's get this thing going. So uh, I've been wanting to meet with somebody in the boot industry that specializes in boots. That's just... Yeah. 
you know, somebody that doesn't isn't really. I'm not gonna say biased because you sell all sorts of brands. Right. Um, somebody that. How long have you been in the boot industry? So I'm I'm 29. Okay. Uh, my family owns the business. Uh, my granddad and his brother started in '57. So essentially, I I grew up in it. I mean, mm-hmm. quote unquote, as far as actually working. <laughs> I yeah. I, I think I've worked for you know about 14 years. But I mean, I grew up in our business, so I've been around a lot of different brands, a lot of different styles. Yeah. Well, I've got so many questions just for me personally, but I get asked, you know, what boot every once in a while. I get the mm-hmm. boot questions, and I just feel like, you know, there's there's plenty of podcasts with boot manufacturers out there, but then you're right. getting their story and their biases. Right. I want to get somebody that is, okay, here's why this, this, and this, and this is the best boot for you. Right. Um, so give me a quick intro, like your elevator sales pitch real quick, and then we'll get this thing going. Okay. Yeah, so my, my name is Brandon Baker. I'm with Baker's Boots in Eugene, Oregon. Um, and family owned since 1957. Mm-hmm. Um, myself and I uh, got, I think we have 12 employees in there, half of them are family. Um, so definitely still a lot of family oriented. Uh, but as far as boots go, you know, we definitely take a lot of pride in, in knowing boots more so than like your big box store you walk in. Um, you know, our, our employees definitely pride themselves in, in knowing about every single product that's in there, how they fit. Because um, that's the biggest thing is a lot of these boots. You know, you get people that rave about one brand or another brand, but they all fit different. They may not fit yes. you. One mo- one boot might fit you really well, um, where me it may not fit so well because our feet are going to be different. So right. Well, my thing is is like I I bought Krispies. Um, mm-hmm. Probably like a lot of guys out there. I watched Land of the Free 1.0, and then I'm like, okay, these guys are using these boots. Right. They're not going to use them if they're not quality. Right. Um, I know them. These guys personally, they they know their stuff, and right. they have to rely on their gear. So. That, to me, spoke a lot about Crispy, and that's what got me moving over for them. And what really was a turning point for me is I was on a bighorn sheep hunt for the first time ever, mm-hmm. had never really hunted that type of terrain, and my feet in literally two days went from great, no hot spots, no nothing. I was wearing Georges. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they went from that to about as bad as feet can get. They, they were like hamburger. They were okay. disgusting. And... Um, it just ruined. We went straight from the bighorn hunt straight into a, um, I want to say it was an 18 day or 16 day elk hunt. But okay. and so it was just it was a it was a, it was how much pain could you take really? Right. And it just took the fun out of it. And so that was the last year I wore, and if you wear a Georgia boot, I don't mean anything by this, but a cheap mm-hmm. boot. Right. And not one that's designed to. I used to fight fire in Georgias and everything. Yeah. Um, but I went from there to start wearing a premium boot and that's when my mind's like, okay, there's something to these. And my number one gear priority, and I've said this on previous podcasts is boots. Right. If you don't have feet, you're not out there and you're not getting after it. Yeah. Well that, you know, you can wear, you can have a inexpensive pack Mm -hmm. and if you have good boots and good insoles, that's going to help out a lot with your inexpensive pack. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. You pay good money for good gear. Uh, I think everyone would, would agree with that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, ha- having the proper boot to f- that actually fits your feet mm-hmm. um, with proper insoles to give you the support. Um, like I said, I mean, you could have you know a two hundred dollar pack and be able to pack out a quarter on it. Right. Um, it's going to make that pack a lot easier having the proper boots and pro- proper insoles. Right. I want to get into that because uh, last year I bought the Nevadas. Excuse me, two years about uh, two years ago I bought the Nevadas uh, mm-hmm. Gore-Tex. 
hands down my favorite boot I've ever worn. Right. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've come from George's for years because I just it was the cheapest and I was broke and that's right. all I could afford. Right. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I've, I've, I've worn the Danners, um, which I'm not a big fan of Danners. I mm-hmm. just, my feet don't agree with any of them really. Right. Um, the Proghorns have been not very good. My dad's gone through four sets of Danners in like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It just They just fall apart. Yeah. And um, not Bash and Danner, I'm sure they're a good, good boot for some people, but right. for my family, eh, they haven't been. Yeah. Um, and so where where I want to start here is is I want to start from basically if I'm a customer coming into your shop, mm-hmm. which I, I was yesterday, Dustin was h- hooking me up with right. foot f- sizings and, and, you know, analyzing. You know, I told my walk like an idiot and I stand flat-footed <laughs> and stuff. So um, he was trying to figure out what would be best for me. And um, so, you know, Growing up as a kid, you always use the thumb rule. You know, there's that guy at Foot Locker. Right. And uh, I'm like, I don't know how accurate this is or how proper that is, but, right. my, you know, my, you know, put your toe in the bottom and wiggle it, and if it comes to the end of the shoe, then you're good. Um, walk me through an actual – what's the legit thing there? Yeah, so, I'm like, if you were to walk into our store and say, hey, I'm looking for a good hunting boot, um, you know, probably the first thing we would ask is, what are you hunting? Mm-hmm. When are you hunting? And where are you hunting? Really? Yeah, and is this is this going to be something that you're gonna you want a hunting boot for just early season? Yeah. You want something that's going to you know hey I'm going to I'm going to Montana on a late elk hunt in November. You're probably going to want an insulated boot. You know um, you know where you're going hunting that's going to make a big difference also. Like a you know we're located in the valley. Um, myself I hunt kind of all over the state so you know, I I have a pair of insulated boots um, that I wear in late season blacktail. But primarily, I'm wearing a non-insulated boot. My feet get pretty warm. Um, but because I hunt in all different types of terrain, I wear something with a little bit more support. Um, but, you know, if you're like, hey, you know, I want something that's pretty flexible. You know, I don't, I don't need something that's really tall. I don't need something insulated. We usually can get you narrowed down to, you know, two or three different styles to show you to try on and get you fit properly um, and have you try on some different brands. Because, like I said, they will all fit differently. Um, but yeah, and that, that's usually what we do. So you come in, we're going to ask you a lot of questions. Um, but in that, what's going through our mind is, okay, you can cross this one off the list, cross this boot off the list, or we can narrow it down. I said to, you know, two to five pair essentially for you to try on that would work for you. Okay. So, uh, when I was getting, um, my first purchase a couple of years ago of, of a nicer boot, um, they were asking me, you know, how heavy the pack Right. Um, what does the boot role play in the amount of weight you're you're packing? Yeah, so um, it plays a little bit of a role. Um, I, personally, I think that insoles are a little bit more important as far as that goes with the pack, mm-hmm. um, because you know, you might want something that's a lot more flexible. Having a more flexible boots going to put a lot more pressure on your feet when you do have a heavy pack on. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you can kind of offset that with having good insoles in there that give you good arch support to keep your feet from collapsing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the nice thing, you know, for us is we have boots that cover all those spectrums, right? So you have something that's like a tennis shoe fit, something that's more like a ski boot, right? And then kind of everything in between. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I mean, for me personally, I like a three-quarter shank. Um, Crispy calls it their their flex system. Mm-hmm. It's just the stiffness and as far as like the internal portion of the boot, um, that's what's going to be making that boot stiff. Um, said I, I like a three-quarter shank with with crispy. It's like a three or four flex is what they call theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it's going to be stiff to like the ball of the foot, but you get the flexibility in the toe, which is nice. 
Um, so that, that suits me best, and there's other people they want to boot that's super stiff. Um, the nice thing about going to a booth that has some support, you know, like we're out here at Hoodoo today, it's pretty steep terrain. Uh, you put your toe into the hill, it's just going to lift you right up. So the boot's doing the work versus your feet doing the work. So it's going to save a lot on foot fatigue just having a boot hmm. like that. A stiffer sole. A stiffer boot, right. That makes sense. Right, and I said you get that with some insoles in there that are giving you the proper support. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, you were telling me earlier you're, you know, six to eight miles in, your feet were killing you. Yeah. You know, when you walk in that far, or hike in that far, whatever you're going to be doing, backpacking, um, even like on horseback, you ride a horse in there and then get off horseback and you're walking around, you know, hunting for you know, even three or four miles in some nasty country, your feet can be killing you with a 30, 40 pound pack on your back. So Right. Well, he was... Uh the gentleman that was helping me fit, he's like, mm-hmm. you need a stiffer, I think he's like, you need a stiffer boot because you're packing more weight. And so he was like telling me like that was playing a role in it. And, and, and I'm like, I, I don't understand that. Right. Um, from your experience, would you make a decision or would that lead you towards a customer? Would you, would that statement seem accurate? Because you're a boot guy, so I'm going to yeah. trust you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it honestly, it's kind of one of those yes and no answers okay. because everyone's different, like okay. I said. So. Having a stiffer boot, it does make a big difference having weight on your back. But at the same time, you may not want a stiffer boot, right? Uh, I mean, that, that that's just kind of what it boils down to is everyone's feet are different. Mm-hmm. Everyone's preferences are different. Okay. Um, you know, you you might get a pair of like the, you know, Kenetrek Mountain Extremes. They're pretty stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, you might hate them. Okay. You know, and then you might get into something else like, uh, you know, like, crispy nevada you said you really liked yes. it's not going to be as stiff of a boot uh-huh. as the kenetrek mountain extreme um you know it might be vice versa you know you get a person that tries the crispies and hey I, I got these boots everyone's raving about them i didn't like them they killed my feet they get into a kenetrek mountain extreme they fit them love them good to yeah go. yeah so. like uh these these summit i'm currently wearing the summits and uh those are the ones that are just hammers on my on the bottom of my feet right and uh, I bought them because originally in the store they felt pretty comfortable. But when you right. stand for a while or you walk around for a few miles, mm-hmm. even on easy ground, they you start feeling the ache. Right. And so, um, but I've talked to other guys that that's their favorite boot. And so it's kind of like you said, it's kind of like a bow. You need to go shoot a bunch of bows and figure exactly. out what's, what's best for you. And now for actual sizing, how far do you want your toe from the edge of the boot on, on average? Yeah, I mean, roughly it's going to be... It's hard to tell on some of those boots where your toe is actually at. What I tell a lot of people is when you have the boots on, they're laced up, your heel's all the way at the back. Mm-hmm. If you stand up and you just tap your toe, tap one of your boots down, right? If your toe just touches the end, that's what you want. Really? If your toe's crammed up against the end, they're going to be a little too short. If they don't touch, they're too big. Uh, we measure just about everyone that comes in our store. We have a, it's called a Brannock device. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty old school. I mean, there's a lot of technology out there now. You can stand on this machine and tell you what size you are. Yeah. We don't do that. This is like um, the scale one where you push it, it in. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty old school, but at the same time, it's definitely a very good starting point. Yeah. Um, in most cases, we put you on that Brannock. You know, very rarely are we going to pull multiple boots in multiple sizes. We can usually get your size down. Every brand runs a little bit different size-wise. Hmm. But, you know, if you stand on that and you're a size 10, you're probably going to be a 10 or 10 and a half, but you do not want to go with a 9 and a half because it's going to be too short. Okay, that makes sense. So it, at what point do, uh, you know, so if I say I'm going to be hunting a early season antelope, mm-hmm. um, 
what would be your suggestion uh, on average? What's a good lightweight boot versus a um, I'm hunting Rocky Mountain goats in Alaska kind of thing? Right. There's there's obviously there's two different needs there. What are some of the best sellers for those opposite ends of the spectrum there? Yeah, you want uh, how how tall a boot? Are you thinking? Um, well, I like ankle support because I roll my ankles all the time. Okay. So, so these ones are just barely long enough, but I like the eight inch. Okay. Yeah. So some something around there that's pretty lightweight. Um, you want flexible or more more support? What I like more support. More support. Um, okay. And I like a stiffer sole um, okay. for the mountains. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would go. I mean, right off the top of my head, I mean, at crispy Idaho would be a good option. It's a little bit taller. Um, it's technically a 10-inch boot, mm-hmm. um, but they're going to breathe very well. Um, they do have support. Um, that'd be a good option. You could even go with like a Kenetrek Mountain Extreme, non-insulated, um, waterproof. Again, that's going to be a, a 10-inch boot. They have one called the Hard Scrabble Hiker. It's more like a 7-inch, so it might be just a hair under that'd be cool. what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, support-wise, it's going to give you more support than your summits that you're wearing now. But it's that same EVA midsole, that platform there is going to cut back the weight quite a bit. Yeah. And give you a little bit of extra cushion. Yeah. Um, you know, Loa, they have, um, you know, our, our number one boot we sell is the Loa Renegade. It's kind of like a tennis shoe hiker, essentially. Uh, it's only six inches tall, so it might be a little short for you. But that's a great early season boot. It is okay. waterproof. Um, they make one that's non-waterproof. It's going to breathe a little bit better. Um, but weight-wise, that one's pretty lightweight. Um, the crispy summit like you're wearing it it would be a good option um it's definitely more of like a seven inch height um but yeah i mean there's there's plenty of options out there um that are going to be kind of in that realm like so if you were to come in and say that's what you're looking for i mean my go-to's would be the the idaho probably probably the summit um and then i would probably pull you you know a loa renegade um and either the kind of track hard scrabble hiker and or that mountain extreme mm-hmm. just to kind of give you some different options to put on your feet and see how they feel that makes sense and, and you're starting to get into waterproof here and, and i really am dying to get your um, opinion on waterproof i've mm-hmm. I talked to a friend who's in the who's in the business of boots and he says a lot of like the danners and stuff they can't compete with the out of um like crispies right because uh for waterproof because the type of glue that they're restricted to using um isn't as good as the glue that, say, a crispy is allowed to use. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, can you speak to any of that, or do yeah, you have any experience with that? It's not. It's actually not necessarily the glue. Yeah. It's the construction of the Gore-Tex booty itself. Oh, really? Um, so, you know, a lot of these companies, Gore is going to be the main one. Kinetrek uses Wintex, kind of their version of Gore-Tex. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of American companies, it's just the way they've built them for, you know, fifty plus years. Essentially, what they do is Gore-Tex is like a sheet of paper, right? And they cut out two socks, they sew them together, and then they tape them with Gore-Tex tape. Hmm. But there's always a seam that you're walking on, mm-hmm. right? And yes, they're still waterproof because they're taped with Gore-Tex tape, but that friction on that seam, usually, you know, you get a small tear, probably won't even be able to see it. Next thing you know, your boots leak. And it's just the friction from walking from on that, that seam. something that you can't even see. Exactly. And a lot of these European companies, um, you know, Crispy, Kenetrek, Loa, Zamberlin, Humlog. All the top ones. <laughs> right. I mean, a lot of those companies, they yeah, they still use Gore-Tex, so it is the same material, mm-hmm. but it's just the way they actually construct their booty. Um, a lot of them don't have any seams, so they have the technology over there to wrap them around the last, which is going to be give the footbed its shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's essentially seamless, so you aren't going to be having any of that friction. Yeah. They do have to sew them into the boot, or else it's going to be sliding around. They sew them at the top. So that's a lot of why... You know these European 
European manufacturers, why their waterproofing booty is going to last you a little bit longer. Um, yeah, because of just the technology is going to be a little bit better, a little bit more high tech. Yeah, I mean, my buddy's been in the industry for you know twenty years, and so I trust mm-hmm. him when he says something. But maybe maybe um, the why, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's accurate, but maybe the why isn't right. You know, because he's not a he, he's an outdoor store guy. He's not just right. a boot guy. So, right. um, and that's why I love having a boot guy on the show. It's like actually, yeah. it's because of this. So, yeah, yeah and they, I mean, they can use. I mean, there's a lot of rules and regulations here in the states that you yeah. can't use, and that's why a lot of these companies do go offshore. It's not necessarily, I mean, the cost realistically is not that it's that much less to make it in China or Thailand or, you know, overseas, but it's that you can use certain glues and you can use, you know, the tanning process is going to be a little bit different and that's where they cut their cost. Mm. I mean, yeah, labor is less, you know, versus, you know, paying union, a union guy like Danner, you know, they're all union workers up there. Oh, really? Um, So (laughs) your labor is going to be a little bit less, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's the rules and regulations what you can and can't use here compared to you know, Europe or overseas yeah. and like China or Thailand. I feel bad because I feel like we're I'm I'm hammering on Danner this episode. <laughs> so if you wear Danners, uh, you know I can't rip on them too hard because my my cork boots are, are Danners. Yeah, Danner. I mean, in my opinion. I think Danner makes a good boot. Um, we've been selling Danner ever since they're doing wholesale. So yeah, um, they do make a good boot. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of it is. You know, we're at this Danner country, Pacific Northwest. Mm. You know, they're made in Portland, so. Oh, are they? Yeah, so oh. a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people though, they, they at least know who Danner is. Oh, they're um, they're like a house name for for boots. Yeah, so I mean, they they do still make a good boot, and like the Danner Pronghorn, which is going to be their lightweight hunting boot. Mm-hmm. Retail, they're changing them. They're they're changing their style a little bit, so their price is going to adjust. But they're right around like two thirty to two fifty, right in there. Yeah, and that price range, they're a good boot. You know. But you go from like that, like an Irish Setter, like the Irish Setter Elk Tracker, which is really popular. They're around that price range also, you know, 200 to 250 depending on what model you get. But when you do step up to those boots that are $350, $400, $450. There is a difference. It's a big difference, yeah. I mean, I said for, for the money, it's a good boot. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I, I related a lot to like tires, right? Mm. I mean, if you get, you know, a six-ply tire and you're going off-road, you're probably not going to last you very long versus, <laughs> right. you know, a 10-ply tire, so. Yeah, well, I, I it's funny that you say that because the soles on, on the Danners that my dad's had, and, and granted, he, he walks a lot for elk hunting and mm-hmm. you're hunting just like I do, the the sole is always the weak point in, in his shoes that he's had through Danner. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, it's funny, my cork boots, um, for guys that don't know what those are, my logging boots that have yeah. this, the spikes on the bottom, um, for the guys that aren't in Oregon, um, have they're going on four years now. Okay. And um, I wear them quite often uh, for my job, and they're still strong. They're still good. They're still in great shape, and they've held up really well. Right. Um, and so, you know, I don't have a I'm – I'm trying to find a positive light for Danny here because I want to sound like a hater. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, there are good boots. And, and, and for that price range, I think I think they are – you know, you can't you can't compare that to a crispy right. and, and say it's apples and apples. Right. Because it's not. Um, it's like comparing a Power Max to a, you know, a RX-3. Right. It just, just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, like, and my granddad, I mean, he, he knew Bill Danner directly he made this before ups and fedex he used to oh. literally load up a suburban and drive to portland and load up danners and then drive back and sell them in the store so oh really yeah so i mean he like he swears by danner um 
you know, and, and I look at them. I'm in Facebook groups and blogs and stuff, and I look at them on there just to see what people are talking about. And you know, it's at the same time, not everyone can afford a $400 boot. No, you know, if you can only afford a $200 boot, that's fine. There's plenty of boots out there for 200 to 250 dollars that will serve your purpose. But I, I would definitely recommend getting some good insoles in them too, because mm-hmm. that's going to make that $200 boot, $250 boot, make it seem like a 300 to 350 dollar boot. Yeah, and you're getting into an area that I'm going to try not get on a soapbox or get too upset here, but I don't understand when you spend $400 (laughs) on a gosh darn pair of boots, why they don't put a premium insole in there. It just drives me insane. Like when Dustin was over there and I was telling him, like, dude, these summits hurt the shit out of my feet. I told him the whole story. He told him, you know, some of it was probably my fault because the way I walk. And he's like, take your boot off. And he's like, stand up for me. And he's like, and they went over there and he grabbed, we're talking about you. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he grabbed the, uh, the the sole thing, mm-hmm. and um, he he grabbed two. And the first one was like, "This is comfortable. Yep. Wow, this is way comfortable." He's like, "Take that one out. Put this one in." I'm like, "Okay, that's the one right there." Right. Like, as soon as I stepped on it and, and put it in my boot, I'm like that's the one. I'm like, "Now why the hell aren't they putting these in boot stock?" <laughs> like, right. if I had a boot manufacturer, and if Crispy or somebody ever listens to this, you better start putting those freaking things in boots. Because, yeah. I mean, I would pay the extra for a premium sole and and a right. stock boot i would right um honestly i, I don't really know the answer to that question <laughs> um I know, it's, I, it's a loaded question I, I think that out of you know out of the companies we're talking about mm-hmm. kenetrek actually they put a pretty decent insole in theirs there's Dude. their stock standard insole is pretty solid really um more so than you know your crispy or or loa or zamblin or one of those types of boots um theirs is pretty decent I mean, I think like we recommend the Superfeed insoles, which are kind of like an over-the-counter orthotic. Um, like as as I explained to you earlier, you know, all the different colors represent different things about the insole. Mm-hmm. Um, but putting something like that in there will make a pretty big difference for you. Um, if you have flat feet, you know, they make an insole for a person that has flat feet. Um, I, I see it all the time. People will be like, "Hey, like you, know, this is the insole you want to buy because this is what works for me." Yeah. Well, my feet aren't the same as your right. feet. You know, I kind of have duck feet. I'm short and wide. You know, and, and I have really high arches. You know, you might have really flat feet, and they're narrow, so the insole I'm wearing may not work for you. Right. Um, and and yeah, as far as these companies not putting an insole like that in there, I wish they did too. But <laughs> at, at the same time, it, you know, we, we do have aftermarket insoles you can put in there that does increase the overall comfort and gives you the proper support for being on your feet all day, whether you're you know in the woods for what you do for a living, you're, you know, wearing your logging cork boots, um, you know, your mill work or something like that. Or even if you just have them in your hunting boots and you put, said, 30 to 50 pounds on your back or and you're packing out a quarter, it makes a difference having proper support underneath right. your feet. I, what's the difference between, like, a Dr. Scholl's versus what you guys had me try on? Yeah, so a lot of the Dr. Scholl's, um, they're flat. There's no support to them. Um Initially, your feet might be pretty comfortable the first couple of weeks, two or three weeks. But once that gel breaks down, you're right back to where you were. Oh, really? Um, our insoles that we sell, so which are the Superfeet insoles, um, they're actually designed by foot doctors. Um, so what they did was they took a scan of 10,000 people's feet. And then they kind of came up with an average of, okay, this is for a low arch, this is for a medium arch, this is for a high arch. Then they took those and kind of replicated them where now they have some that have memory foam. Um, it's a little mold right to your feet, but they still give you the proper so- foot support. Really? Um, 
The one that you tried on has a little bit deeper heel cup, so it's a little bit wider, so it should lock your heel in a little bit better. That one was the Trailblazer, I believe, is what you yeah, tried on. Yeah, it was like 55 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, the one I like was the most expensive one I tried on. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah, and that, but it does make a pretty big difference. Um, so just having that proper support underneath you. I relate it to a house. It all starts with the foundation, mm. right? I mean, if you try building a house without a foundation and see how long it lasts, right. kind of the same thing. If you don't, you don't have a good foundation underneath your feet that are keeping your arches from collapsing, yeah. you're going to be in a world of hurt, you know, 10, 15 miles. You know, w- once you're in there, you get some weight on your back, and not everyone has foot problems, and, you know, not everyone does need aftermarket insoles, but it does make a pretty big difference. Even if you don't have those problems, so you get some weight on your back, you'll notice a big difference. Hmm. Well, I, I know um, my one of my buddies uh, became a, a uh, distributor for Hoffman. Yeah. And uh, I wore those in the Idaho the second time I went over last year. And uh, just to test them out, he wanted me to test them out and tell me tell him what I thought. Those had a little bit more of a break-in period, especially on the side of the uh, of the ankle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't further remember, remember what model they were, but um, they were like a $450 pair of boot or okay. $500, probably $450 pair of boot. Yeah. And uh, they were super, they felt like, as soon as I put them on, I felt like it was a higher quality boot and it was super durable. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there was probably about two miles worth of braking and then it was like comfortable. Right. Um, and I'm not wearing super expensive socks, but do you guys, you guys sell the Hoffmans at all? And what's we your, ex- what's your experience with those and, 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 and the Solomons? Cause I hear a lot of good things about the Solomons yeah, so too. I, I don't sell the Solomons. Um, the Solomons are a good boot though. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hoffmans, we do sell them. They're a good boot. Um, you know, Jim Hoffman, the owner there, he's done a pretty good job building up their brand. Um, as far as quality goes, I mean, those boots are made in Italy also. Um, their hunting boots are. Oh, they are? Yeah, and they're not. solid. So, I mean, they're they're pack boots. Um, they sell them here in the States, but all their hunting boots, they are imported from Italy. Okay. Yeah, this so. must have been, um, this was like an 8-inch. Um, it was a heavier than my Nevadas. Um, okay. I wanted some, I like, I like light boots. Yeah. I just feel like it's less work. Right. But um, you probably give up something when you go to a lighter boot. That's probably durability or, yeah, or warmth. You give up a little little bit of durability. Um, usually you're going to give up a little bit of support also. Typically a, a lighter boot's not going to give you that much support. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can get support out of a, a lighter boot, but, uh, you know, compared to a boot that weighs, you know, two and a half pounds each and one and a half pounds each, you're going to notice a difference yeah. when you're walking uphill in them. There's a difference between my Summits and the Hoffmans I have right. in weight. And um, the Hoffmans feel way more higher quality and durable and mm-hmm. they're also warmer i mean i warm in and blizzard uh you know in idaho late season and obviously the summits aren't designed for that but um so i, I want to go over another very important aspect of of a boot setup and that's the socks mm-hmm. um now i've heard guys try there's a lot of bro science with socks it seems right. like uh right. so tell me your general rule of thumb what you suggest and <laughs> And we'll kind of either prove or disprove some of the uh, bro science. Yeah. I mean, for socks, I recommend merino wool um, just all the way around. I mean, there's Cool Max also, which works very well um, for, like, early season. Like, you on an early antelope hunt. Mm-hmm. I-, I would say merino wool or Cool Max. Cool Max is going to cool your feet off. Yeah, I've never heard of um, those. Which are, are nice. And that's just a, it's a material. Oh, it is. Um, okay. Yeah, so we have, like, in our booth over here, and we have some darn tough Cool Max socks over there. And they're. I've seen uh, guys carrying them around. You've been selling those. Yeah, and we. Um, I had a buddy of mine who just access deer hunting in Maui, and I gave him a pair of those to try. And he goes, you know, it's 85 degrees, humidity was insane. 
it was the, it, my feet are always hot. My feet weren't sweating wearing those socks. Really? So, and they, they do a, a darn tough. They do a lifetime guarantee on them. Um, on socks? On socks. That's weird. And we have, we also sell, it's called Farm to Feet, is mm. what the company's called. The lifetime guarantee on those two. And it, and it's crazy because people, they'll be like, oh, 20, 30 bucks for a pair of socks. But you buy, say, six pairs of socks and they're $20 a whack. They should last you the rest of your life because it's an over-the-counter <laughs> exchange. So, and, cool. and we had, had a customer um, at our store here a few months ago, and he brought in six pair of socks. He had them for four years, and he didn't wear holes through them, but the padding was gone in the heel. No problem. Here you go. Here's six new pair of socks. Really? So, I mean, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm set. He bought, I think, four or five more pair. So he's like, I just I wear them every day. It's like I wear them. They're my wear them for work. Wear them on the weekends. Wear them to hunt in, you know. But um, merino wool. The nice thing with so people think of wool, they think it's hot. Um, but the nice thing with the merino is actually to pull the moisture away from your feet. So like if you're on a hunt, you throw on your merino wool socks. Um, your feet might feel a little hot in them. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you take your boots off. You take your socks off. The sock is wet and your foot's not wet, and that's what you want. Um, and then it. Also with the merino socks is you can wear them inside out. Um, a lot of wildland firefighters, and that's what they'll do. You know, they hang their socks up at the end of the day, then the next day they'll wear them inside out, and it's not a problem. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, having a, a good pair of socks does make a big difference. I don't recommend cotton. Usually your feet are going to be a pretty sweaty mess with cotton socks. Um, but said merino wool or the Cool Max. If your feet get hot, I would recommend a Cool Max type of sock. So we sell the Darn Tufts, which is a lifetime guarantee. There's other sock manufacturers that use Cool Max. Um, Danner, and we were talking about Danner. Danner makes a great sock that uses Cool Max, a little bit thinner. Hmm. Um, great for, you know, spring bear, early archery, antelope season. Um, then they make a, a great sock that uses the Cool Max material that's going to cool your feet off. That's interesting. So when guys are starting to get hot spots and blisters, because mm-hmm. um, that does happen, and right. it happens every year. Um, it happens with expensive boots, happens with cheap boots. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys put two layers of socks on. Yeah. Is there any benefit to that, or is that bro science? Um, so you, you can double sock. If you double socks, it'll make your boots a lot tighter. Um, I would recommend just like a thin liner sock, like a you know nylon spandex blend liner mm-hmm. sock, something mm-hmm. like that first, and then put your merino wool or your Cool Max sock over that. And that should help out with the blisters. Um, not everyone gets blisters, but a lot of times blisters are caused by your boots not fitting you correctly. Really? You know, so you, you can get blisters, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, I see it all the time. You know, a, a guy gets a boot that's a half size too big, and I don't, I mean, people ask me, well, do you want your boots to be a half size too big? Well, you want your boots to fit you. Why, why would you want to get I hear that big? all the time. Yeah, yeah, you want them a little bit too big because when you put your sock on, I'm like, ah, it doesn't yeah, I'm sound like, right. I'm like, try your boots on with the socks you're going to be wearing. You know, <laughs> and that's, like, you, you want them to fit you because if you get them too big or too small, you're going to get blisters. Usually when you get the hot spots is when they're a little bit too small. Really? Blisters are caused from typically when your boots are a little bit too big. So it's not 100% preventable for even boots that fits you, but at the same time, the chances of that happening are going to be a lot less. Hmm. Having boots that actually fit your feet the right way and getting some good socks on. Um, so a liner sock, that's what I would suggest. Uh, you can double sock, but um, that's going to make your boots a lot tighter. Hmm. Now, another one I've heard is guys um, maybe that are hunting really cold climates, say hmm. some of the listeners in Michigan. Right. Um, they wear a big boot because they put more air between them and the... Um, foot and the boot and the climate mm-hmm. and they say that actually keeps your foot warmer 
Have no. you heard of that? Uh, I, I don't. That just seems kind of bro sciencey to me too. Yeah. Um, you they're know, not walking around in it all day. They're yeah, just sitting they're, there. Yeah, it's it's that you know how people hunt is completely different across in the country. Like, you know, white tail hunters, for example, a lot of times they just wear a, like a lacrosse rubber boot and hike up their tree yes. stand, and you know they're hunting out of a tree stand. We're like out here in the Pacific Northwest, I man. I hunt out of a blind. I hunt out of a tree stand a little bit too, but at the same time, like. I'm usually putting some miles on. Yeah. You know, it may not be a lot. It might be, you know, two miles or five miles. But in most cases, like, I'm moving around, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think we just hunt a lot different out here than we do, um, you know, Midwest and back east. And a, lot of, a lot of times, too, they'll just wear a pack boot, you know, rubber bottom, leather top, something to keep them super warm. Um, because, you know, sitting there, and minus 20 degrees, right. you don't want to get cold. Right. Um, and typically, as far as like space between it, you're going to have a little bit of space in those types of boots, just the way that they're built. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I tell a lot of people, if, you know, if you want to get warmth, you, know, you can always go warmer. You can't go colder, right? You can always wear. And we we're talking about double socks. Double socks going to be warmer. Um, you can get a non-insulated boot and essentially make it 200 to 400 grams pretty easily. Um, you take the insole out. You know, there's super feet which we were talking about earlier they they make insulated insoles like a marina wool insole it's going to give you 200 grams uh, we sell a lot of wool felt insoles which sell in like a lot of logging boots logging corks it's a nine millimeter wool felt insole and they're like eight or eight to ten bucks mm. you drop them in there gives you 200 grams of insulation right there then you throw in a heavyweight wool sock there's another 200 to 300 grams of insulation. interesting okay so so you you can always go warmer you can't go colder um you know, it's, but it, again, it kind of depends on when you're hunting. If you're only hunting late season, you probably do want an insulated boot. Interesting. So. Yeah, because I've always thought, I'm like, well, because I've done the um, the double sock before, and I'm mm-hmm. always wondering, I'm like, am I f- causing friction between the socks, or is, right. am I ca- am I kind of just being short sighted here? Am I actually hurting myself? And and uh, I've just always wanted to actually figure that out. And, and I've I've never had any blisters from from doing doing the two sock thing. Right. Um, but so with the insulation and stuff, um, is there a general rule of thumb for temperature per in to, to insulation, what you need? It depends. Um, everyone's different, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, every, everyone's different. So, yeah. um, like in our neck of the woods, 400 gram is going to be kind of your standard. Okay. Um, a lot of these European companies, they use 200 gram, but it's Prima Loft versus Thin Slit, which has been around forever. Um, I've heard of the thin slit stuff. I've never heard of the Primaloft. Yeah, so Primaloft is it's very similar to down, and it's actually warmer. Mm-hmm. So 200 grams of Primaloft is really going to be at least 300 grams thin slit. So for people that have worn thin slit boots in the past, um, you know, that that's kind of what it's going to be compared to. And kind of another good rule of thumb is a, a medium weight merino wool sock mm-hmm. is usually going to be about, you know, a mid weight is going to be about, 150 grams mm-hmm. um heavyweight is going to be probably over 200 grams as far as equivalent mm-hmm. to how warm that's going to be mm-hmm. that's cool well i i can't think of anything else that we need to cover man we okay. uh we went over a lot yeah and um for guys that have any questions feel free to message me and i can pass them on to brandon or yeah, if, if they good. have uh questions for you brandon you guys have an instagram or what how yeah, can they get a hold our, of our you? instagram is um it's baker boot um and we do have a facebook page as well um, Baker Shoes and Clothing. Do you on ship Facebook. to people and stuff? Yeah, we ship. So anything anything over a hundred bucks and lower forty eight, we do free ground shipping. Um, oh wow! And then we we do international shipping as, as well. But um, yeah, anything over a hundred bucks, 
free ground shipping. You can always call. Um, our staff's all pretty knowledgeable. Uh, myself, I got two brothers that work there as well. Dustin, he's our store manager. He's been with us for, I think, four or five years now. Um, but, yeah, you can always give us a call. Um, find us online. It's www.bakershoe.com. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time, man, and, yeah. and uh, you answered a lot of the questions that I've had for a long time, and standing around at the booth here at the Northwest Mountain Challenge, I'm probably going to end up buying one of those, <laughs> uh, the most expensive one probably. Yeah, that's right. Get you those and, and some nice, cool Mac socks. There you go. You'll be, you'll be set. <laughs> but, uh, all right, man, well, I appreciate you coming on the show, yeah. and, uh, yeah, if we have any questions, we'll be sure to try and get them your way, and you can maybe get some business out of this. Who knows? Hey, sounds good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Brandon. See you. All right, guys, that's this episode of the podcast. Be sure to go on to my website, www.onpointpodcast.com. Sign up for that newsletter. And uh, no, I am not missing a episode without reminding you. <laughs> if you haven't already done it, go sign up for that newsletter. It's super important. And you're going to get good deals or good offers and uh, ideas of what content's coming around the corner if you go on to that and sign up for it. It's not going to be a bunch of spam. Uh, probably one a month max, um, maybe maybe two on certain months, but I don't plan on getting crazy with it. Last thing I want to do is bombard people with more emails, uh, but there's going to be good deals on here, and if you want to keep up with the podcast and figure out what episodes are coming around the corner, uh, that's going to be a good way to do it. So outside of that, uh, be sure to leave a review. We're still a couple short, and uh, get yourself entered in that giveaway, and I think what we're going to do is... I'm not really sure. Probably do it on Instagram or something and then announce it on the show. Uh, but we're going to have a qualification post on Instagram. So if you don't have me on Instagram, be sure to search On Point with Garrett Weaver. Add me on Instagram. Make sure you have that bell icon so you get notified of when I post because you don't want to miss the qualification post. That will, That's where it will be. And so outside of that, guys, I appreciate everybody listening, and I will see you on the next one. Bye.